you in this place tonight we make room for you here tonight Lord that whatever you want to do Lord whatever you want to reveal to us whatever you have planned Lord let us not get in the way of that let your agenda and your will take place tonight Lord it is an honor to have the privilege and the blessing to come before you and into your throne room and we don't take that lightly we come boldly before the throne, but we come humbly before the Lamb of God. With all of our worship, we come with our offering to lay at your feet. We praise your name tonight, Lord. May you receive all the honor and all the glory and all the power. Amen. And what an honor to be invited to the marriage of the Lamb To come and worship Him Celebration It's the joining of the bride and the Son The two becoming one All the prophecies fulfilled in the moment so we sing and like the roar of many waters and like the sound of rolling thunder hallelujah give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb is coming. We're getting ready. Oh, we're getting ready. And filled with wonder as we behold the man with fire in his eyes. The very word of God And you are worthy Of every kingdom Every nation bowing down Will crown you with many crowns Every creed and tribe and tongue Declaring and unity Like the roar of many waters And like the sound of rolling thunder Hallelujah Give Him glory For the marriage of the Lamb is coming And like the roar of Many walk 
like the sound of rolling thunder hallelujah give him glory for the marriage of the lamb is coming and hallelujah give him glory and for the marriage of the lamb is coming we're getting ready we're getting ready we're getting ready for you we are we're getting ready we're getting ready we're getting ready for you we are we're getting ready we're getting ready we're getting ready for you we are getting ready we're getting ready we'll shout to the whole world hears it we'll sing till the whole world knows Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout to the whole world, hears it. We'll sing to the whole world knows. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout to the whole world, hears it. We'll sing to the whole world knows. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout till the whole world hears it. We'll sing till the whole world knows. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout till the whole world hears it. We'll sing till the whole world knows. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. King Jesus, He is faithful. King Jesus, He is faithful. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for You. We are. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for You. We are. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. Getting ready for you. Getting ready. Getting ready. Oh, and like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of rolling thunder. Hallelujah. Give them glory for the marriage of the Lamb is coming, and hallelujah. Give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb is coming. He's coming, he's coming. Oh, the king is coming. Oh, the king 
coming And hallelujah Give Him glory Hallelujah Give Him glory Hallelujah Give Him glory the marriage of the Lamb is coming. We're getting ready. Oh, we make ourselves ready, holy and purified, a spotless bride. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Cause you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Even when I don't see it, you working. Even when I don't feel it, you working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you working Even when I don't feel it, you working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you working 
Even when I don't feel it, you work it. You'll never stop. You'll never stop working. You'll never stop. You'll never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you work it. Even when I don't feel it, you work it. You'll never stop. You'll never stop working. You'll never stop. Cause you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you darkness my god that is who you are oh we make a miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are the way maker we make a miracle worker Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, 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 even when I don't see it, you working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Oh. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Cause I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, yeah. You take what the enemy meant for evil. 
Can you turn it for good? Will you turn it for good? Oh, you take You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good Oh, you turn it around You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. And for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see victory I'm gonna see victory for the battle belongs to you love oh my victories in Jesus name my victories in Jesus name oh yeah Victories in Jesus' name. Oh, my victories in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, my victories in Jesus' name. Hey, my victories in Jesus' name. For the battle, battle 
belongs to you, Lord. My victories in Jesus' name. My victories in Jesus' name. Oh, it's in your name, it's in your name. My victories in Jesus' name. Oh, it's I in claim name. it by faith. My victories in Jesus' name. Oh, the name I above all names. My victories in Jesus' name. And even when I can't see it. My victories in Jesus' name. And even when I can't feel it. My victories in Jesus' name. My victories in Jesus' name. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I'll lay Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sink through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. You go before us Nothing can stand against the power of our God You shine in the shadows You win every battle Nothing can stand against the power of our God And almighty fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our God you shine in the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our Against the power of our God, 
Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sink through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sink through the night. Oh God. The battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Yeah. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. This is my surrender. The battle belongs to you. This is my surrender. The battle belongs to you. This is my surrender. The battle belongs to you. This is my surrender. The battle belongs to you. The battle belongs to you. And I surrender all to you, Lord, all to you. Every trial Oh, every battle Every trial And I surrender All to
to have a great God who f fights the battles. He leads us into it. He's the captain of the host of the heaven's army. And the battle is the Lord's. And we say that and, it's, and we know it. But then when we get to into the midst of the, the fray, how easy it is to forget that He is leading the way. And then we have to come to the place to where we say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender control. I surrender the, the, everything. You, you're the one in charge. Follow, let me, Lord, let me follow you. It's between knowing something here and being able to feel it and know it here. Holy Spirit, tonight we just pray that you would embed that in our hearts and souls tonight. That God, uh, you're the one who's leading. You said, follow me. And so often our issues in life are because we're leading the way. And then we're asking you to fix our mess, clean it up, straighten it up. Lord, help us remember that you're the one who leads. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us that. Oh, that we could learn it, Lord. That we could sing praise in the midst of the battle. Sing praise in the midst of the trial. Sing praise in the midst of the storms. Because, God, you're in control. You're in control. Holy Spirit, constantly remind us of that. Teach us to surrender all. I surrender all. Let's just sing that chorus part again. I surrender. And I, I surrender all to you, Lord, all to you. And I just lay all the problems and the issues of the day all the things that have come before us Lord we just lay them at your feet tonight we don't want to be burdened down with them because you said to cast all our cares on you for you care for us for Lord if we're, we're heavy laden and, and carrying those things then it's impossible to lift our hands in praise and worship you so tonight, Lord, we surrender. We put them all down. We lay it all down. And we just say, Lord, you're in control. Teach us to follow you. Teach us to trust you. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a few moments to just turn and greet somebody tonight. Say hello. Introduce yourself if you don't know them. God. Well, the last, last few Wednesday nights I've asked if anybody had a testimony or a praise report or just something you wanted to thank God for that he's done for you recently. And I'm going to ask one more time. Anyone? Testimony, praise report, something God's done for you. Hang on. Lots of turmoil in my family the last couple of years, but my daughter had to get a job, and it wasn't her preferred job. She had put in a bunch of applications, and the one that came through first was not, it just wasn't her first choice. And she's like, Mom, I really got to get this job. So I said, well, take the job. I said, but I'm going to pray that you like your coworkers, that you really like them so much, because that makes it pleasant for you when you work with people that you really like. Y'all, she likes these people so much. After a few months, she said, Mama, I love these people. I will stay in contact with them after I leave. But that's not only the testimony of how good God is. He gave her so much favor. She's been there less than a year, and she just got put up for, um, for a head cashier, and she got it. And they put her, like, in the store. They don't give you preference. Like, you kind of have to go here, there, everywhere. And so... It just seems like God's favor is just following her because every time she says, I really don't like to be in this department, they don't put her there, you know? So it just, I just wanted to give testimony of that, you know? And some other things are going good in my life. I just feel like God is moving in little ways, in big ways, in, in ways that we don't see, you know? So Amen. he's just so good. It's good. Thank you for sharing. Hallelujah. In fact, this morning in early prayer, that was my, my prayer. I felt the Lord leading was uh, God's favor. Just go with his people and that people would recognize that, that he's going before us, he's with us, and, and uh, instead of just looking at things in the natural, have the, the awareness, God's favor, God's favor, God's favor. And so uh, that goes right along with that. That's, pretty, that's great. And... Uh, yeah, it's miserable working someplace that if you don't like everybody, and and they because then you make it to where they don't like you. Yeah. Right. Right. That's good. Praise God. Amen. Uh, well, this is week three of the series that we're doing on uh, four levels of spiritual growth. And this is the, these are the verses that we've been using in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. So we're going to go through them again. It says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. 
I'm writing to you, dear children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, uh, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So it's four levels of spiritual growth. Now, I'm just going to quickly just do the first two again. In the first level, we said that it's, the, it's a level of dependence. Uh, the, ver, the, the word children that's used in verse 12 that we read, he said, I'm writing to you, dear children, means uh, literally like a newborn baby, a baby, okay? Um, it, we think of children, we think of kids running around, but that's not what the word is. It's a Greek word that means babies. They're totally dependent, can't do anything on their own. Um, and so th they're dependent on other people in their spiritual walk. The second level is oh, the word children again, but it is a di it's a different word, and it is a word that recognizes the age of toddlers, okay? And uh, we talked about this last week, that the major characteristic of this level is conflict. And it's conflict with the devil, conflict with self, conflict with God, and conflict with others, okay? And, uh, and all of those teachings are online, so you can go back and, and see that or listen to it or whatever. Um, so in each of these levels, it describes the characteristics and it describes the problems that they have, and it describes what it takes to go from one level to the next level. And so um, uh, you have to go back and look at those and, and see and understand that. And so t tonight we're in the third level, and the third level is a level that is of, with, deals with strength, okay? And I'm going to read those t uh, two verses to you in First. John 2, 13 and 14, he says, I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And verse 14, it says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So, um, uh, in the Jewish men in, in the days of Christ, uh, their age, basically, it was a, gen, uh, a generational thing. You were considered a young man um, in your 30s, uh, up to 38, 39, somewhere around there. Uh, you became, a, they, they, they considered you a mature individual or a man uh, who is supposed to have reached their prime at, at around 40 years of age. It's, it's the idea of a generation being 40 years or so. Um, some commentators, some biblical scholars believe that the word that John it uses here for young men can refer up to as, as old as 39. So when we think of young men, I don't know about you, I'm thinking of like young teenagers, young adults, early 20s or whatever. But he's, he's talking about those that are a little bit older. And, and these, these are young men that are considered to be in the prime and vigor of their life. So let's look at a couple of the characteristics here. Because we're not talking about physical, but we're looking at the correspondence between physical and spiritual. And, and the first one is that they're spiritually strong. 
the, the verse says that I'm writing unto you, young men, because you are strong. You've overcome the evil one. You're strong. And, and the word that is used there uh, for strong means mighty, powerful, valiant, robust, um, like an oak tree that is unyielding, okay? Uh, they don't just give up and quit even though difficulty may come their way. Um, they are unshaken by adversity and, and resistance, okay? They're unshaken by that. Um, in fact, trying to find it here yeah the 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 word adversity is it means according to webster's dictionary uh, is a state of being adversely circumstanced a condition of destitution or affliction implying previous well-being so in other words it's the idea of that they've been they've done well something something comes along that brings adversity that may take away what they had. The best example in the Bible is Job. Look, he had everything. And one, one thing after another after another, his family was taken, his property was taken, his very life was almost taken. And, and so he was well before, and then adversity came his way. Um, the word resistance uh, Webster defines that word as an act of capacity of resisting or an opposing force. So this, this word strong, when he says, I'm writing unto you young men, for you are strong. He's saying spiritually, he said, you're unshaken in the face of adversity. You, you're unshaken when resistance comes against you. Pushback comes. You're, you're able to stand against it. Doesn't mean that it's it's fun or that it's easy or whatever, but they're they're able to have the capacity to resist this opposing force. Okay, so he says they're strong. The second characteristic is that the word of God abides in them. That's what it says, and the word abides declares that the word of God is at home in them. It's not like, oh oh, what's that verse? I got to go look it up and. You know, they don't have the word. They, they know the word of God. It's, it's in them. And, and that suggests several things. Uh, to me, the first thing is, it suggests that they have faith. They, they, and when I say faith, I'm talking about conviction. I'm talking about assurance. I'm talking about belief that goes beyond hope, if I can put it that way. It's like, I know, I know, I know, I know, that kind of thing. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, each person, the Bible says, has been given a measure of faith, a limited degree or portion of faith. But this is something else. They've grown in their faith. They've grown in their conviction. They're not going to be talked out of it. They're not going to be dissuaded by arguments or or. Uh, ideas of other people they they know as Paul says I know in whom I have believed okay um, so they they're people of faith the second thing is they're people of prayer they it, it indicates they understand the power of prayer John 15 and 7 says if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. That word abide means to remain in a given place or relation or a state. It's, 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 
it's not wishy-washy. It's not in and out. It's not coming and going. It's not flip-flopping all over the place constantly. Um, so they're people of faith. They're people of prayer. Uh, they believe in the power of prayer. They're people of, of sanctification. What do I mean by that? It means that they're set apart. They understand. They've grown enough to understand that God has a call. God has a purpose. God has something for them. And he's called them to that. And so that means they're set apart for that. Um, uh, John 17 and 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth, and your word is truth. Uh, sanctify. It, it, it means, the word sanctify means to set apart. And so, um, uh, in fact, I was just, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, whatever, I can't remember. I was reading over in Israel that they, there's a, there's a big movement right now that's got the, uh, the state of Israel all nervous. Um, and you would say, why? Because most of Israel is secular. They're not religious. Uh, the religious people are, uh, uh, in Israel uh, are, are a very, very small minority. But they're preparing for the third temple. They're preparing for the third temple. And what's interesting, uh, it was an update on the red heifers. And I've talked about that before. And they have five red heifers right now that are nearing the age of maturity. And if one of them, just one of them, reaches that age in the next several months, they'll be able to do the sacrifice according to the Old Testament to, that, that would bring about the ashes and, and needed for the priest to enter into the the temple they can't if the temple was there they and we had the priest they couldn't do anything about it and so uh what's interesting is that they have a group of priests they've traced their lineage and they've set themselves apart from their families and from everyone else and they're being trained right now and all the things that they have to do to do the ceremonies inside the temple and when i was watching the little short video the report on it by one of the rabbis over there he said we have nine priests who have been set apart for this right now and i thought okay that makes sense you know they're sanctified that's what they are and it says because they said they're they've been set apart from the 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 culture of the people and everything else because they don't want to be in a place where they would sin or they would um, uh, be, become unpurified according to the law. And so they're set apart for that and they're being trained for that. And they actually had a choir of the priests and others learning the psalms that have to be sung during certain ceremonies that are going on. So I thought it was interesting that they even said that these nine priests have been set apart and, and set to the side uh, to be trained in the, in the priesthood for when the temple comes. And so they're getting ready for it. And this is making the Arabs nervous. It's making many of the Jews ner nervous. Um, in fact, uh, there was a big article on, in um, one of the big major news uh, outlets in Israel that they're spreading the rumor that Christians uh, are behind the red heifers that are in Israel 
um, and it's to trick the Jews into following the, the false Messiah Antichrist that's to come. That they're, they're, the news media is, is, is against it so much. And so uh, it, you can imagine um, it's a tinderbox of things that are going on there right now as prophecies being fulfilled. But anyway, it, it indicates sanctification. So they're people of faith, they're people of prayer, the power of prayer, they, they're sanctified, and they're people of praise. Okay? The ability to praise in all circumstances. Yeah, so when we think that we've, yeah, I'm mature, I'm grown up in God, are you able to praise God in every single kind of circumstance? Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So there are people of faith. There are people of faith. That have sanctified themselves, they're people of praise, they're people of prayer. And and the Bible says that they have overcome the evil one. This is really important because that means they have vanquished or conquered or prevailed or trampled underfoot the enemy. Not that they have done it, but they recognize that Jesus Christ has already defeated the devil, has already defeated darkness. And that by our position in Christ, us in Christ and Christ in us gives us that authority to be able to overcome the evil one. It's, we don't need to fight the battle of overcoming the devil, of defeating the devil. He's already defeated. It's a matter of understanding that and exerting that authority of who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. That doesn't mean that you're never confronted by evil. That doesn't mean that you're not confronted by trouble or problems. But they know how to deal with it. They know how to deal with it. That's what's important about it. So it, it indicates some important areas of growth because he's saying, I write into you young men because you are strong. And twice he says, and you have overcome the evil one. Fifteen times John in this chapter alone, in this chapter, chapter two, fifteen times John says have. You have done it. Not going to do it, getting ready to do it, you have done it. So it shows a progression whereas the, the baby doesn't understand anything. Toddlers, we said, they're, they want their way, they want, you know, they want uh, uh, everything to go their way, they want everybody, it's all about them, and, and that kind of thing. And he, they've learned something here, he says, these young men, he says, you've learned something because he says, you have overcome. That means there have been events in your life where you've learned some lessons. And how many of you know not every lesson, no, let me rephrase that, not, not every event is a positive one. Sometimes we learn in our losses. We, lo we, we, we learn more sometimes when we 
missed it. And we go, okay, don't do that again. You know, right? So, um, and, and this, this overcoming, have, you have overcome, you have this, you have done, you have, you have, you have, shows this progression of things, and, it, and it's recognized by Christ's death and his resurrection, um, at, and the, their lives being converted by the power of God, okay? They've overcome the evil one, and they've learned something about submission, I talked a little bit about this last week as far as submission because um, at, at, at the toddler age, spiritually, it's always about them. It's always about them. You know, you put two toddlers in a room and one toy, and they're going to go after it, and you're going to hear the squabbling, and they're going to be mine, mine, mine. Put two, put two kids in a room with two toys. There's still somebody going to be going, mine, 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 no, mine, mine. Um, they haven't learned anything about putting another person ahead of them. Um, and this is a part of learning submission. And authority is dependent upon submission to authority. The, the, um, um, the, the simple, a simple illustration in my mind, I always think about this. Anybody who ever watched um, Mayberry or, you know, that kind of thing, think, think of Deputy Fife. All of 90 pounds sopping wet probably, right? Got one bullet in his pocket because he, he's liable to shoot himself in the foot. But, but he's the deputy in the town. And I remember a couple times in the show where he's standing out in the middle of the road and he's doing like this, you know, truck coming, car coming, he's like doing like this. And why, why could he do that? Why would he do that? Because he had a badge. And the badge didn't represent him. The badge represented the authority of the sheriff of that, of that county and it represented the authority that the people put in the sheriff. And so he was able to stay there. It's, it's the same thing for us in Christ, if we could put it that way. Um, that being submissive to someone in authority literally gives us authority. Whereas a lot of people think submission is being a, a doormat or being stepped on. And, and there's been abuse in teaching in that, but that's not what this is about at all. In fact, G the Bible says that Jesus learned authority by submitting to the death of the cross because that was his Father's will. The word submission means surrender of person and power to the control of another. I, I always kind of break, in other words, it's, it's being obedient, compliant. Um, uh, it, it's, the, it's the idea of just take the word submission, break it down into two parts. There's a mission that is the overall mission, and there is a submission underneath that. The mission is to go into all the world. The, the, the mission is that God said, I have given unto the church gifts that they might go into the world and preach the good news. The submission of that is that there are 
people underneath. In other words, there are, we have the main mission, then we have submissions underneath that. And those submissions can be different. Like your mission can be something, your mission could be in another area, your mission could be in another area, but it's, it's under the main mission, okay? The main mission has to stay the main mission. When things get out of order is when our part becomes more important than the main part. Did that, did, that, did that make it like mud? <laughs> and so the idea is that, that these young men in, in, in spirit are strong because they have, they, they have learned to submit to those in spiritual authority. And so by doing so, they're in proper alignment and they have authority themselves the surrender of a person of person and power to the control of another that again is not about walking all over people misusing anyone because Jesus said if you want to be great in the kingdom of God you've got to learn to serve others we have to have a balance there but in Matthew chapter 8 you remember there was a story of a Roman centurion that came to Jesus who said, my servant is sick, or my child is sick, would you, and would you, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 my child is sick, and I, I want her, the, my child to be well, and Jesus said, I'll come to your house now, and the centurion said, you remember what he said, he said, he said, there's no need, he said, just speak the word, and it will be done, he said, for I too am a man under submission. And he said, I am under authority. He was under authority to whoever's over him who is under authority to Caesar. And he said, and when I speak to my, those under me, I say, go here, they go. When I say, do this, they do this. He said, you just speak the word and it will be done. And Jesus made this comment. He never made it about anybody else in the New Testament. He said, no greater faith have I seen in all of Israel than what I see in this man. Why? Because he understood authority. That he didn't need Jesus to come to his house and lay hands on his, and his child. Or He said, all I need you to do is speak the word. And the Bible says he left and, and later was received by one of his servants met him and said, your child is well. And they said, what time? Did that happen? And they told him, and it was said it was the same time that Jesus had said, go home. Your faith had made him whole. And they've learned something about submission. And um, this is something that's very contrary to culture in the United States. Because we like to, to boast, if I can put it that way, on our freedom and I thank God for America I thank God for the freedoms we have I don't know what the future looks like but I'm thankful for what we have now and um, uh, but we carry that over into our spiritual walk that we have freedom and liberty and we're not tied down we're not we're not bound, we're not anything. 
uh, to anyone else, do what I want, how I want, doesn't affect anybody else. Remember I talked about that a week ago, that people have the idea that when they're toddlers, it doesn't matter what you think or whatever, it's what I want to do, and we, they, have a, they, they have no concept of being in the body of Christ and that we're all fitly joined together, and if, if, if the body says, well, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to be a part, or I'm not going to be there, I'm not going to do this, then the body becomes dysfunctional. And um, we, I see this a lot in, in people that I, I've simply termed over the years church hoppers. They go from here for a while, and here for a while, and here for a while, and here for a while. I actually lived in town one time, and we saw people would go from one church to another church to another church to another church. And about a year or so, they'd make their circle back to you again. And they'd be there for a few weeks, a couple months, and then all of a sudden they'd disappear. And in the ministerial lunches, they'd say, have you seen so-and-so? Oh, yeah, they're in my place again. And they'd, be, they'd just be hopping around from place to place. Because they didn't want... They'd say they're not getting fed or they're not getting this or they're not getting this. And again, that shows just a level of lack of spirituality um, because we said last week that th if they're going to grow and get off the milk, they have to learn to be able to dig into the, the meat of God's word on their own, not spoon feed it. Um, but they, they lack submission to the word and to ministry. Um, they don't want to be accountable. They don't want, they don't, you know, they just... They don't want to have anyone spiritually over them. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says, it talks about, it says, pray for those who have spiritual authority over you, for that God is going to hold them accountable. He said, and he said, and, and in doing so, he said, and, and don't create problems uh, for them, uh, but that their joy may be full. And he talks about that. He talks about people who kind of go from place to place to place to place, and they, they're not under anyone. Uh, I have some good, good friends that they're just not going to sit in or be a part of a, of a church. They're not going to do that. They're going to go from place to place to place to place and just glean whatever they can, whenever they want, however they want. And I'm just telling you, until you learn something about submission you're not going to grow you're really going to lack maturity because maturity comes when you become accountable and you get involved and you become accountable and um, uh, we have a um, uh, a mindset today that we have a consumer mindset what's in it for me what can I get? If I'm not getting what I want, I'm going somewhere else to get what I want. And they have no concept of the body of Christ because the Bible says if we're all part of the body, we all have something to contribute. And, and, and maybe what you're lacking is because you're not part of something. And so anyway, they, they, uh, one of the things is that they've learned something about submission. The second thing is that they have learned something about the power of Jesus' name. Uh, Mark 16 and 17 says, In my name they will cast out devils. Uh, again, in this chapter, chapter 2, seven times John mentions in the gospel, in my name, in my name, in my name, in my name. So they've grown in faith to the place that they're not going to be dissuaded by 
storms, tempests, trials, threats, or anything else. And 15 times we, we hear that they have grown. They have this. They have achieved a certain level. And it says now seven times it says, in my name, in my name, in my name. And there is a difference in knowing in your head and knowing in your spirit. And that, that's the difference between being a spiritual toddler who every once in a while gets it, but then reverts back to being spiritually selfish and it's all about them and all that kind of stuff to someone where John's writing, I'm writing unto you young men because you've overcome the evil one. And, and the way they've done that is because they've learned something about the name of Jesus, the power of the name of Jesus. There, you can teach a young Christian that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus. And they, they, can, they can repeat that. But they don't know it yet. They don't know it yet. And it's going to, it has, and again, there's that have. You have this. You have overcome. You have. And, and it's in those you have moments where they learn about the, the power in the name of Jesus, the authority that's in the name of Jesus. And they, they get that experience. For example, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus gives the disciples authority, and he tells them what to do. And in Luke chapter 10, they all come back excited that it actually happened. I mean, read it. Go back and read it. In Luke 9, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. I'm doing this and this. Go out in my name. Go to all the towns that I'm about to go to and, and spread the word and, and let the word, let them know. In other words, they were the advanced team, okay? And they, they go out. He sends them out, 70 of them. He sends them out two by two, right? And when they come back, what's the first thing they're all excited about? Lord, even the devils are subject to us in your name. They didn't say, Lord, we, we went to every town you, went, you, you told us to go to. They're all excited about you coming. No, they're coming back. And they're all about, they, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Whoa! You know, I mean, they're like, can you believe it? And Jesus said, well, didn't I tell you that? Right? So that's the difference between knowing it here and knowing it here. Okay? Uh, the third thing is that they have learned to release the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4 and 4 says, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Um, the younger ones, the toddlers, spiritual toddlers that are growing, they're learning to recognize the Holy Spirit. The older ones aren't learning. They've learned, and now they're releasing the work of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Um, they, they, you know, there's times, I, I remember doing this when I was a, a, a young believer in the Lord, and, and I've told this to, I don't know how many people, and they said, I was thinking, I thought maybe the Lord, I didn't know if the Lord, I felt impressed to go pray for so-and-so, but I didn't know if that was God or the devil. Let me help you. The devil never tells you to go pray for anybody. 
okay? But see, that's a, that's a spiritual babe or toddler who's growing, whereas a person who's more mature would recognize the voice of the Spirit of God. How did that happen? Because there have been times they felt impressed to do something, and it worked. There have been times maybe they felt impressed to do something, and it didn't work. <laughs> so they're learning to decipher the voice of God versus their own voice, their flesh, whatever. They've also learned how to dress for warfare. How to dress for warfare. Ephesians 6 and 11 says, Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. They've overcome the enemy because they've learned how to dress for warfare. Okay? And then the fifth thing is that they have come under the influence of the fivefold ministry. Let me just read two verses. I don't want to make this real complicated or anything, but Ephesians 4, 11 and verse 14. It says, It was he who gave some, speaking of, of God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Um, so God gave gifts to the church, the scripture says, for, for the perfecting of the, of the saints. The, and the word perfecting means equipping the equipping of the saints for the helping mature grow up into the things of God. And then verse 14 says, then, then, what? After we've grown up, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So, they, they've come under the influence of, of the fivefold ministry. And again, this goes back to the, let me just say it, it, this goes back to the issue that we have so many people who are inconsistent in finding a place to plug in. Finding a place to say, I want to be a part here. I want to do something. I want to be involved. I want to give. I want to receive, but I also want to give. And whatever it is that your gifting is, and God says that he's given every one of us at least one gift of some kind that is beneficial to the body of Christ. And so um, you'll never get past this unless you learn how to plug in, how to find a place, how to grow and begin to grow. And, and, and what is it you can bring to the table, if I can put it in, in a vernacular like that, okay? So... These, these young men, he says, I'm writing to you because you're strong, you're men of prayer, you, you're men of faith, you're, you've overcome the evil one. But with their strengths and characteristics, there's also some weaknesses or their problems, okay? And the first one is that a lot of times they possess strength without maturity, okay? In other words, they can do more than they have the wisdom to handle, um, how can I put it? Um, they may be strong. I'm just thinking of natural. Um, you may have a, a, a young guy who's muscular and he's strong and he sees somebody trying to carry something or pick something up and they go, let me help you there. And they just rip it out of their arms, so to speak, and and, and the person that's trying to carry it falls down because they just ripped it out of their arms. 
Well, I was just trying to help. <laughs> well, thank you for the help, but knocking me down didn't help. Um, they, they're strong, but they don't necessarily have the maturity or the wisdom how to, hint, how to do that. Um, same thing comes spiritually. Um, and, and this can make them uh, a weaker brother or sister. And in love, um, love will keep them from destroying their lives. Um, it will help them from destroying other people. If you're strong in the Lord, you need to love others. Because the tendency of strong is to, um, I don't want to say ignore, but step on the weak. And so um, they have to be careful about that. So if love is the motivating factor in using their gifts, they won't go wrong. Okay? But they can possess strength without maturity. Another one is that they're extremely vulnerable to pride because of their strength. In Second Chronicles 26, um, Uzziah was not destroyed because of weakness, but because of his strength that led him to pride. Let's read this verse. It says, But after Uzziah became powerful, King Uzziah, his pride led to his downfall, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. In the Old Testament, there was king and prophet and priest. And they all acted separately. There were three separate offices, three separate responsibilities. But King Uzziah became powerful in, as king. And pride led to it, came in. And so he became unfaithful to the ways of God. And the Bible says he entered into the temple to burn incense on the altar of incense. That was the job of the priest, not the job of a king. But he came full of pride. And you can go on and read what happened. And so oftentimes people who are at this spiritual stage in their uh, growth tend to usurp authority that's not theirs. They, they'll, they'll see that they've matured. They'll be even recognized by the body that they're, they're, they've become strong in the things of God. They're, they're being useful in the ministry of the Lord and things like that. And, and if they're not careful, again, pride will sneak in and they'll usurp authority over the ones who are in authority. And they forget that their authority comes by being submitted to those who are over them. I've seen, I've seen church splits and things like that happen by, by this simple kind of thing. Some people are just saying, you know, we know more than uh, the pastor or the leadership or whatever, and uh, um, they need to go or, or we're going to go, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's, that's pride right there. Um, uh, and they can become a source of discord and strife in the church if they're not careful. Uh, the, the third problem, area problem, is that they may become more demon conscious than God conscious. Because of their ability to recognize the authority of God and all of those things, um, 
uh, they've overcome the evil one, John says. It's very easy to become more demon conscious than God conscious. And, and when you're looking for a demon behind every bush, that should be a red flag. We're not to be looking for demons for behind every bush. We're to be looking for Jesus, looking for God. And uh, Jesus had to deal with it again. In Luke chapter 10, he had to rebuke him. He said, don't rejoice over the fact that demons are subject to you in my name. Rejoice over the fact that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so um, Jesus had to even correct his own disciples about that. Um, the next issue that's a, may, that can be a stumbling block is that the excitement of level three may hinder their progress. In other words... When they get to this place, they'll, they'll grow content and not want to go any further. Now, I'm just going to tell you that I, I, my personal belief is that most church folks never get to this level. They never do. They're either level one or level two, and, but some will grow and mature. And it's great, but when they get there, they think they've arrived. And they haven't. And, and they, the enjoyment of the blessings of God, the enjoyment of seeing God working through their lives is enough. They're like, why, why go on? I, this, is, this is great. And it's true, it is great. But if God has something more, why wouldn't we want that? The enemy wants us to be content with what we have. Um, and, and they can be overcome by realizing that the next level incorporates blessings um, that at level three the blessings come by overcoming the evil one at level four the blessings come without having to overcome the evil one so if that's an incentive did that make any sense? if that's an incentive that yes you've overcome the evil one and blessings have come your way but you've had it's been in battles and in, in the overcoming process in level four when they get the blessings come without all the battles um, and so they need to constantly renew their relationship with the giver and not lock, get locked into the gifts um, another Another thing is that they often experience the frustration and disappointment of trying to outdo themselves. And I've seen this many times in, in people's lives. They get to a place where God starts using them, and it's very evident that, that God is blessing and using them. And, um, but in their mind, they, they think there has to be more, there has to be more, there has to be more, there has to be more. And so now they're in the position <clears throat> where they, they're either going to try and outdo what God has done in their life, <clears throat> and if they do that, they're in the flesh, or they become disappointed because they're just seeing the same thing happening over and over again. Um, they, can, they can guard against this by drawing their satisfaction from their relationship of God with God rather than their the appeal of their ministry. Let me let me get to this last one. Those who have reached this level, 
They foolishly mistake the work of God for ministry to God. They confuse business for relationship. And they fail to recognize that they're not called to work for God, but to walk with God. And that is an easy one to slip from. We get busy doing the things of God. We see the hurt around us. We see the need. We see all of those things. And we start doing and going. And all of a sudden, it's become a duty rather than a relationship. And um, 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, God's building. So we need to realize that it's about relationship first. So how do you get to level four from level three? There's only one thing. There's only one thing. And that is to seek to know God for who he is. One will find that there's a difference in knowing about God and knowing God. The person who fails to grow beyond level three may have a successful ministry, but they'll be unsatisfied and even at times depressed because they do not know God as they ought to. There is no greater thing to boast in than to say, I know God and God knows me. In fact, the scripture says that. If, anything's, if anyone boasts in anything, let it be that the Lord knows them. And so we want God, we want to grow. We want to be successful for God. We want, when we stand before the Lord, we want to hear, well done, faithful and good servant. But relationship is most important because Jesus said over and over, there will be those who will say, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. We healed in your name. And he goes down the line, and then what does he say? He said, I'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And the, the word know or knew there is one of intimacy. And he says, you may have done those things in my name, but I didn't know you. We had no relationship. And uh, I don't know about you. I don't want to hear that. I don't want I'd rather not have a successful ministry and just let if people would say he knew God and God knew him that's more successful than anything else um, so let's just pray right now Father we just thank you and we praise you tonight that God you've called us to to grow in you let us not be satisfied where we are knowing that God there's no way we could plumb the very depths of, of the things that you have in store for us the Bible says that eye is not seen ear is not heard nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for your people I don't believe that's just in heaven I believe that's also here on earth 
What would happen if we would dare take you at your word? Dare to go after you with all our heart and everything inside of us. What would happen? The church would be a force to be reckoned with. Father, let us grow. Let us grow into spiritual maturity. For this purpose, you gave your spirit. For this purpose, you gave gifts to the church. For this purpose, you gave us your word. For this purpose, you gave us your spirit that we might mature and grow in you, Lord God. Let us remember it's not about ministry. It's relationship with you. Holy Spirit, teach us, show us areas. <clears throat> if there's weak areas in our lives, <clears throat> that God, we would strengthen them by correcting the things that we're doing. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I want us to take a few minutes tonight and pray. I want us to pray tonight starting with about our schools with our children and students going back to school let's pray for our elementary school middle schools the high schools the universities um, here's an agenda at work for the minds of our children the hearts of our children the souls of our children and um, we need to pray if I had children in my home, they wouldn't get out the door without me laying hands on them every single morning and pleading the blood of Christ over their minds and, and praying for God's angels to be round about them, that the wisdom of God would, would just be manifest in their lives. So let's just pray for our students now. Father, as the school year begins this fall, we pray for our students from the elementary schools all the way up to the universities. Father, we ask that you protect those children, that, that God, the, the word that's been put inside of them would become alive unto them, Lord, that it would become discerning even in the youngest of hearts. They would recognize falsehoods from truths. And that, Father, <clears throat> we pray for the teachers that are in the schools, many of them there to do the best that they can do. They're working under an agenda also, Lord. And Father, that I pray that they would have the, the intestinal fortitude to stand against things that are not of you, to speak out against them, Lord, and not fall into alignment with them. God, I just pray that you would give Christian teachers wisdom and understanding awaken their their minds and their hearts that they would have a heart for the children father and they would see them as the, with their individual needs and they would be able to not only teach them the fundamental things they need in life but that god 
that they would be there to impart into those children. Many of them come from abusive homes, and they're, they're, they're skeptical of any adult, Lord God. I pray that these Christian teachers would be able to speak and touch these in children's lives and impact them in a positive way, Lord. God, I pray for the parents and grandparents who are raising these children. I pray for them that they would have wisdom. They would have wisdom, Lord God, concerning their children. Let, them, let there be a spiritual awareness that they pick up on when something isn't right for the child that, uh, that's under their care. Father, they may not know what it is, but they can sense that something is wrong. They can sense that something's taking place. They either see a change, they hear a change, they suspect it, Lord God, because the Spirit is telling them. Father, give them wisdom how to minister to those children, to speak to them in such a way that, God, they would open up. I just pray for a hedge of protection around our, all of our kids. Father, those who have grown and, and, and are being established in the word, let them be witnesses. Let them be living witnesses in the midst of darkness, Lord God. God, greater is he who is in them than he who is in the world. They have been taught the word at home. They've been taught the word in church. They've been taught the word. And that word is alive. I pray even for our older ones, Lord, that, that they, they know the truth. Let them speak the truth in love. But let them speak with boldness. Let them be a light to the, their fellow classmates. Let them be a light to the teachers and the school where they are. Let them be made known that the teachers will recognize something inside of those young people and say there's something unique there. There's something there. We thank you, Father, that the snare of the enemy will not ensnare our children. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let's pray in this area. As long as we're praying for schools and our children, let's pray for this in this area of spiritual warfare that God would awaken His church. To, to, that we're called at times to intercede. We're called at times to do battle in the, in the spiritual realm by our prayers and interceding. By the, the reciting of God's word, the declaration of God's word. Father, I pray that you would raise up spiritual warriors in this day. That God, they would <coughs> understand the call. 
they would understand the call when the spirit of intercession comes on them God that they would not fight it they would yield to it instantly and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost he said pray in the spirit and pray in the understanding God that we would pray even more so in the spirit and as we pray in the spirit you give us understanding of how to pray then we pray in the understanding and we go back to praying in the spirit again Father, we intercede. We stand in the gap. We stand in the breaches in the wall, Lord God, of the church. And we just pray, Lord God, raise up those spiritual warriors, those frontline warriors who will take up a stand and say, I will not desert my post. I will not leave this place that you have put me. I will stand in the gap. No enemy shall get past me. No enemy shall get past me. For I take up my place. I stand here firmly in faith, confident and assured that the word of God in me and the spirit of God in me and the name of Jesus is greater than all the demons in hell. Father, we come against the spirit of fear that is attacking so many of your people right now. Spirit of fear and spirit of anxiety. God, we come against that devil. It is, a, it is that. It is a devil. And it is causing people to fundamentally just, just throw in the towel and run, Lord God. No, we stand against it. We rebuke that spirit. We rebuke you. You're exposed by the word of God. And we come against you in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of those who have fallen prey to the fear and anxiety because of the things that are happening in this world. Your word says men's hearts will fail them for fear, for the fear of that which they, they think is even going to come to pass. Father, let our eyes be not on the things that are happening or could be happening, uh, but God, that let our eyes be on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. And when we have our eyes on you, then fear has no place. It has no hold. We come against that in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray as we study tonight, Lord God, that, there, that you would raise up those who would be able to sing the praise in the midst of the storm. Sing praise in the midst of the battle. Raise up those prayer, praise warriors. Those who will lead in the battle with the song of the Lord on their lips, Lord God. With the, the Bible says, with the high praises of God in our mouth. And the two-edged sword in our hand, Lord God. Let us go into battle singing the praises, knowing that you are the captain of the Lord of hosts. Mighty God, mighty God. Hallelujah. Father, I just feel led to pray that as we're in the, towards the latter end of summer, God, there's something you're about to do in your church. Let there be a spirit of expectation. 
that goes beyond the boundaries of what we can define. Mm, 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 mm. Expectation beyond the boundaries that we can define. That we can understand. That we can believe. God let it go beyond that. In the name of Jesus. Those family members that seem like they're so far away and that there's no hope, they're coming. They're coming back. They're coming in. They're coming back. They're coming to the cross in the name of Jesus. You spirit of unbelief, be gone. We, we declare it to be so because it is the will of God that none should perish. None should perish. Therefore, God, it is your will that they all come in. We call them back from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Let the Spirit of the Lord go after them. Let them come, Lord God, humbly before you as you receive them and restore them. Restore them. Restore them. We pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Is there anyone here tonight that you need prayer? You need someone to pray for you for anything? We've got people in here who know how to pray. They'll come and pray for you. Anyone? You need prayer, brother? Okay. Doing good.